fear, an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. We all struggle with fear in some area of our lives, but for some of us, it can be the root cause for our actions and how we view the world around us. This week, we continue our conversation on the Enneagram with our guest and Enneagram expert, Ryan Louie, by talking about the head triad, or better known as the fear triad. We talk about how some of us hoard information in order to feel safe, why some of us are always questioning the motives of others, and how sometimes it seems easier to ignore our problems rather than hitting them full on. If you identify as or know someone who may ascribe to an Enneagram number five, six, or seven, listen as we dig deeper into what it means to live life inside of your head. We are for the spiritual nomads, the outcasts, and the ones who desire to ask the hard questions. A shelter in the desert. A safe place to share our thoughts, our hopes, and our dreams. We are pursuing the truth, and we don't care about the answers. We invite you to come and sit at our table and be a part of our tribe. We are brave. We are bold. We are the Reckless Pursuit. Hey everyone, welcome to The Reckless Pursuit. My name is Cody. And my name is Elaine. And we are your hosts. This is episode 67, and this week we are wrapping up the Enneagram series. It's been ups and downs all around, but I think we have learned a lot. What do you think, Elaine? I definitely love just this whole series as a whole, and I'm just so thankful for all of our guests that we've had as well. Especially today's guest, Ryan Louie. Ryan is an Enneagram coach. Yes, you can hire him to help you dive deeper into the Enneagram and how to be uh, just all around the best version of yourself you can be. He is an author. He is a pastor. Ryan is a man of many hats, and he's become a dear friend to Elaine and I, even uh, though we've only known him for just not that long. Just a few weeks, honestly. But Ryan is like, I cannot sing his praises enough to you guys. And honestly, I'm not even going to try. This is a longer episode. You may have noticed when you clicked that button today to start this stream. So I'm just going to stop talking and let you get right into it because he has some amazing stuff to say, not just about the head triad, which is what we're talking about today, numbers five, six, and seven, but just about the Enneagram and about how uh, it can be used to just help us be better Christians and better people. So let's get right into today's conversation with Ryan Louie. Hey, everyone. So today we have Ryan Louie. Ryan is an Enneagram. He's our personal Enneagram expert. I'm claiming you, Ryan. (laughs) And uh, he is a pastor. He is a coach for the Enneagram. He has some awesome resources available from his website that I will personally go ahead and tell everyone to go and download because Elaine and I love them. So as to uh, sum up this Enneagram series, we have Ryan here. Ryan, how are you, man? I'm doing well. Yeah, it's it's 8 a.m. Pacific, so I'm glad we didn't record this any earlier, but I'm feeling good. And yeah, I can't wait to talk. Thanks for having me on the show. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Your setup looks amazing, mm-hmm. by the way. Love your 
love your video. Love being able to just like see you crisp and clear. So props well, to that. It was all thanks to you for the recommendations on the equipment. And this is this bookshelf is just like classic, you know, vlogging setup. I love it. Yeah, yeah it looks fantastic. <laughs> it looks it's got really a nice, good. a nice little kind of uh, like a depth blur to the sides. It mm -hmm. looks really nice. Yes. So. <laughs> Try to resist trying to figure out which books are which because I do that all the time when I go on to other people's videos and I go, oh, I think I think I know that book. I think I've read that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was trying. It's a little too far away from where we're sitting for me to try to do that, but I, I got to admit I was probably already doing that a little bit. <laughs> so, Ryan, uh, let's just start it off by opening this up for you to kind of just share a little bit about yourself, about what you do, and then we'll get into a little more how you got into the Enneagram. Yeah, I can, I can do both. So uh, in, the, in the day, um, I'm a pastor. I got my master's at Regent College, graduated about a year and a half ago, been working part-time and studying part-time for the last, I don't know, six and a half years or so now and i'm loving it i do small groups and discipleship in particular and i really got into the to the role because i just want to help people grow and and to meet jesus and so that's taken me down different paths and along the way in my own small group we did a book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Peter Scazzaro. And we do that course at our church once a year. And in the book, or in the course particularly, they have a Bible study. And the Bible study was on David and Goliath. Classic story. But Scazzaro frames it in a, in a different way using a term called differentiation. And basically what he says is that David knew who he was and he knew not to fight Goliath with Saul's armor. He was confident that God was with him, but he also knew that if he fought with Saul's armor, which Saul gave to him, he would have died. So he takes a slingshot and he says, you know, I've killed bears and lions and all sorts of wild animals with this. And so that's what I'm going to use. And we know the story. He defeats Goliath. And the, the, the point of the Bible study and what I really got from it was, am I fighting Goliath with Saul's armor? Or, and what could possibly be my slingshot that God has given me in, in my life? And so I started just rethinking things about discipleship and about ministry. And, and I didn't really know what was going to happen afterwards, but we then did The Road Back to You, which is a great book, great introductory book on the Enneagram by um, Ian Morgan Cron and Suzanne Stabile. And we did that as a group. And then I thought, wow, now this is amazing. We did that because... Schizero talked a lot about self-awareness. You can't know God unless you know yourself. You can't minister properly if you, can't, if you don't know yourself. And so we did that. My dad was in my group. It was a bunch of 20-year-olds with my dad. And we did Emotionally Healthy Spiritually and the Enneagram. 
And I think our relationship just flourished after that. And because of that, I just think the Enneagram is the best. It's, it's going to deepen your relationship with God and it's going to strengthen your relationship with your relationships with your loved ones and with people that you find difficult as well. And so that's pretty much what has brought me to where I am now. So what specifically about the Enneagram really just um, impacted you personally? What was it that just like opened the door? What moment did it just all click to Mm. you? So I'm a four and fours are guided by shame all the time. They just feel that they don't exactly quite fit in. And because of that, reading that, I went, wow, finally, there's some tool out there that actually understands me. And it also affirms these emotions that I could never articulate, these feelings of emptiness, of loneliness, of thinking, of wanting more meaning in in all of life. And they said, or the Enneagram says, you know, that's good. Now there's a dark side to it, which I'm very thankful for, for as well. It's really clear on, on what we, we can call sin. And so there's this healthy balance between recognizing our, our gifts and our, our beauty, but also recognizing our weaknesses and our brokenness. This is the last episode of our Enneagram series we're wrapping it up it's feel like it's feel like it's been like a crazy I know. It's journey been, yeah over the past two months just studying and researching all of it and so the last three yeah. numbers we have to cover are five six and seven what better to do than have two fours tell me about my fiveness so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh let's just kind of get into that i'm gonna read just a few brief kind of things pulled straight out of Uh, the road back to you. And then I'll just kind of let you elaborate on that. And we'll just kind of play back and forth on this bit before we get into the rest of this. We're going to start with a healthy five. They have a long view of things. They manage an appropriate balance um, between participation and observation. They engage with others comfortably, naturally. They demonstrate a neutral um, mentality. They like to have a depth of uh, all kinds of knowledge they willingly share their findings with others, and they want to live in a world of abundance. They see themselves as part of the uh, the whole environment instead of just a separate thing from everyone. I'm going to pause for a second because I have been in a place lately where I'm honestly probably average. Like I'm needing to really buckle down in some areas in my spiritual walk because I've just had some things try to pull me away, some distractions that have been pulling me away. And I have found myself in a place of, and I actually said this yesterday, and I've said this the last like week, I'm like, people are strange. Like as humanity, it's like, okay, so the river in Arkansas here is flooding, historic levels. Um, We put the sea, like the seawall has uh, been closed off for the first time in over 50 years Oh, wow. It's much longer than that. It's, mm-hmm. I think this is the highest the river has ever gotten yeah. in our entire record keeping in Central oh Arkansas. And so literally um, where we work, our day job is right next to the seawall. Uh, right. And actually the stadium sits lower than the river is naturally. And so like there's like all kind of pump systems that pull the water out and everything constantly. 
And so we, uh, we parked and we we're like, let's go look at the river. And I'm walking and there's tons of people. It looks like a carnival going on. Yeah. Because and this bringing is, their kids, their babies, just to watch the river. Yeah, and this is on like a, a Wednesday or Thursday in the middle of the day yeah. when most people are at work. And it's just like, yeah. like 50 to 60 people walking toward the river to go stare at it. And I'm just sitting there observing yeah. this. I'm like, man, people are weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're just going to stare at water because yeah. it's, it's higher than it normally is. Yeah, And like, I'm like, the reason I say that is because I had pulled myself out of the the reality around me because I'm one of those people. I'm literally mm -hmm. talking to her like, I'm like, let's go stare at the river. I yeah. get there. I'm like, why are we all doing this? And I had <laughs> pulled myself out of just reality for a second. So yeah. uh, before we go into like average and unhealthy, you have anything you want to mm. attribute? You want to throw some shade at me there? <laughs> no, honestly, when you describe the five, I, I originally disliked fives the most when I first got into Angram. I know we're all equal. We're all made in the image of God. But fives were the hardest for me to, to comprehend. And as I've been learning more about the Enneagram and the different people, I've, I've come to have five envy. Fives are the people that I most look up to and, and wish I could take on more. In, in, the te in the test that I, uh, the assessment that I, I give to my clients and stuff, um, I have, I rate lowest in five. Hmm. Um, and when I get talked to fives, it's, they're just so different and so beautiful. Uh, we just finished our leadership, kind of year-long leadership course at our church. There's 20 people. I think four of them, no, five of them were fives. Now, there's some cultural stuff that was that led to that, but I got to know them and I thought, wow, these people are amazing. They're they're deep, they think, they don't jump into things. And so I got no shade. No shade at all for fives. <laughs> you're you're a beautiful human being, Cuddy. And honestly, it was hard to even come to that because I have a four wing. And whenever I first read the Enneagram, I'm like, I want to be a four. Like if I want <laughs> if I'm gonna identify with one of these, it's gonna be a four. Yeah. And well, then the maybe more... you just forced you to say that, didn't she, right? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> and well, and honestly, she and I are a lot of a whole lot of like. Yeah, I have a five wing. Yeah. And so we're kind of like yin yang here. She's a four or five wing and I'm a five four wing. And so like yeah. I saw her and she's unique and she's different. I'm like, I'm unique and different. Yeah, that's me. But then as I got yeah. into it, I'm just like, I start analyzing everything. I'm just like, no, I can't. I can't do it. I can't lie to myself like that. I'll give myself the the comfort of knowing I have a wing in it, but I can't. Oh, I just Take can't. Take on that personality. Yep, I can't be untrue to myself like that, especially because, and we'll get into it in a second. But like the weakness of fives and kind of their greatest sin is is like in the fear triad. You know, we're in that mm -hmm. that whole thing, and I'm like, yeah, okay, gotta claim that one, and I'll yeah. kind of get into that in a second, but. Unhealthy fives, Elaine, you want to you want to read average yeah, and unhealthy for average, me? Average and unhealthy. So average fives, they tend to hold to the scarcity mentality. They hoard their time, space, and affection. Um, they actually feel more at home observing rather than participating. Why are you looking at me when you say that? Because you're a five. 
Um, they rely on themselves rather than their faith. And so they typically take in things of like, well, I'm in control and, and rather than giving it to God. Um, they carefully measure how much time they have with other people, kind of what we were talking about with just watching people and understanding people. And they kind of struggle with anything that makes them feel incompetent or incapable. Mm. Yes. And then so unhealthy fives, they don't want to depend on anyone for anything. They want to, I I know, I'm going to pause and say that I know like in our home, like if anything goes wrong, you're like instantly like, how can I fix this? I I don't want to pay somebody else to do this. I'll spend hours researching how to fix it myself. I have a (laughs) mantra. It's I will spend 10 hours saving myself 10 minutes of time. Yes. Yes. And $10. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And I'll spend hundreds of dollars saving that $10 too, just being honest. (laughs) And so they typically have a defensive personality. Um, They're preoccupied with security, independence, privacy. They kind of are trapped in believing that there's not enough. They often express judgment or cynicism. And sometimes they separate themselves from their family and friends in huge gatherings. They kind of come go to themselves. Which goes, I mean, that's so accurate to what we were just talking about yeah. before. Like we had a family gathering last night and like I have to fight the urge of like, no, I just want to isolate. No, yeah. I actually need to spend <laughs> yeah. time with people, Cody. People are good. Yeah. Oh, man. For for you, for you, Cody, um, I'm so I'm doing research right now on on my next book and I'm trying to re- read a biography, uh, like a thick one for for each person. I'm, I'm reading about Leonardo da Vinci and I suspect that he's a five. And you read about him, and what I love about fives, which I don't think you you mentioned, but fives have a beautiful curiosity for how the world works, and they just want to explore and see how how things fit together and how everything is connected, and they they don't see that there's there's like there's art he, like Leonardo da Vinci didn't see like this is art and this is science he saw them together and in seeing it together he he really like made beautiful work in the world and so um that's another great thing about fives but i remember the unhealthy i don't know if she was a five or not but this is my story about who i think was a five my friend who in our small group is a three asked us to to go to this small event at this uh, uh, ministry in the 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 poorest area of our of our city right just a lot of homeless people a lot of drugs going on and there's a ministry there that has a house and a bunch of people that live there and just every day they go around just talking to people giving people dignity and so my friend is a three and he just really wants to pursue god achieve great things for god he says hey everyone my friends at this house are having this open house where they're going to teach us about what it's like to live on welfare. And there's a challenge in our city called welfare week where we're supposed to live off welfare for the week. And it's calculated down to 20, 30 bucks for the entire week. Oh, wow. So yeah, it's, it's insane. Uh, I mean, you minus all the rent and stuff, but basically you got to eat off $30 and my friend invites us. He's a three, wants to do good things for God. Then you have this five who says, oh, that's all bias, actually. 
and I'm and I'm in this, you know, our our iChat or WhatsApp chat or group chat, and I'm just going, oh no, like what is going on? And she's starting to go off really objectively just about how the whole thing is a waste of time. And I'm trying to say, hey, I think he's doing a good thing here. Like, I don't think we think enough about justice mm. ever. So yes. let's let's try to support him. Uh, and so that was my first interaction, I think, with a five and a three, and seeing the the differences. Uh, I mean, she had some points. I think she she obviously would have some points, but fives are objective. They just think I'm I'm just saying what's true, and if people can't handle it, not my problem. It's like oh. Let's let's talk about tack later on. <laughs> yeah, I think it's even uh, more humorous that, as far as the numbers go, you're kind of caught right in the middle between someone who's very a very practical thinker, and then yeah. someone who is trying to do like kind of more of an emotional thinking. And you're literally yeah. right in the middle in your feelings and the whole thing, you know, and yeah. you're kind of like, wow, <laughs> you're trying to see both points of view. Yeah. You're trying to fill yeah. out both of them, and you're just stuck. Yeah, that's great. So going to the deadly sin of a five. Oh, their deadly sin would be avarice. And so they're, they can be intrusive and they can be overwhelming. Um, they are typically introverted and analytical, observing other people and watching people, how, how they react to certain situations. And they kind of detach and withdraw to themselves Mm -hmm. and kind of are lost in thought and kind of sometimes they forget where they're at all the time (laughs) literally all the time i can be in a group full of people and my brain is somewhere completely else that is like the hardest Mm -hmm. thing for me is to stay present in the moment literally right now some people would envy that oh i would i cody can just go somewhere else and be with these people i wish i could do that I'm just with people. I'm like, ah. Oh. Yeah, the thing is, sometimes I, just, I wish I could just be in the moment yeah. because I'm sitting here right now even fighting, like, I wonder what happens if I move the camera over here. And I'm like, no, focus, Cody. Stay where you're at. I can say one thing for sure, um, just kind of talking to the whole thing that, like, the mind triad, suffer, like, that's their big kind of overarching downfall is fear. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. something that I had read that really resonated with me is, the way that fives deal with fear is they actually um, they try to learn more about what they're afraid of. They mm. actually go into detail and they will obsess over learning. And I have dealt in my life heavily with the fear of sickness. Um, I have mm. a fear of other people being sick and I can't do anything about it. I have a fear of myself getting sick and I can't, and I don't know what's wrong. I have a fear of... Um, just the idea, ultimately, it probably comes down to loss and that whole that whole fear of losing someone. And I can say that, like, my first instinct whenever I, there's any little thing out of the ordinary in my life is to run and to try to Google it. And, of course, that's, like, the worst thing you could mm-hmm. ever yes. do because Google tells you either you're dying or you're going to die. Like, that's, that's <laughs> literally, it just sums it up. It's like... Yeah oh, I have a runny nose. It's like, well, you probably have nose cancer. Like, (laughs) there's just, there's no in-between. It's the most mild symptoms are pushed way deep and all the most extreme Mm -hmm. things are right up front. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I have literally had multiple conversations where my doctors were like, I come to them like, hey, I had this issue. Like, well, did you Google anything about it? And I'm like, excuse you. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I'm like, maybe, maybe like, I didn't. Yes, I'm actually a certified doctor now. I, I know symptoms now. Yep, and I should, like, even, like, I had uh, appendicitis whenever I was a young, like, like 19 or whatever. And I got on my Google search, like, once I got out of the hospital, I was scrolling through my history, and the last thing I had searched was, what does appendicitis feel like? <laughs> and I'm like, see, justification. No, that's terrible. I don't need to do that. No. Nope. And I can say, like, that's so true. Trying to acquire knowledge, even to try to make myself feel more secure, which ends mm. up making me feel less secure. With the the sin of the five, talking about avarice, in in the non-kind of Christian terminology, they usually call it passion. And passion comes from the root, uh, from the Latin word passio, which means suffering. So, you know, the suffering cool. of Christ, passion of Christ. Mm. Yeah. And how what I've kind of come down to is our I don't like the word sin because I think there's a lot of beauty in this this avarice or, or sure. this greed. Like this collection of information isn't bad, but the challenge is is that whatever our our passion or sin is, we fixated on it way too much. So Elaine and I, our envy, our longing, mm -hmm. we're just always thinking, man, life would be better if we had this. Life yep. would be better if, if, if this was this. And you know what? It's probably true. And I think fours have a, when they're healthy, have this beautiful image of, of the kingdom. And they're like, man, I just want the kingdom to, to come and I can see it in everything and everyone. I just, I, but we might fixate on that. And fives, rather, fixate on, okay, I want to know more. There's all this vast information, truth out there that God has, has made or is, and, and I want to understand it. But that can sometimes uh, be, be fixated on, be taken too far, and then kind of lead down that path of, of greed, of hoarding, keeping it all to yourself rather than using it for, yeah, for, for other for sure. people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the whole thing of like one question opens ten more questions kind of deal. And it can it can definitely lock you into it. I know that from experience. So a five wing four, they're more creative, sensitive, empathetic, and self-absorbed. Uh, not sure what to do with their feelings. I get that. Um, they want to process them alone. They want to kind of isolate. Like that's kind of like going back to the problems with five. They isolate mm -hmm. to deal with those those um, emotions, those feelings. They're more likely to experience melancholy. They're more tender and less emotionally guarded, and they're able to communicate their own feelings to the people they love. And then, Elaine, you want to read six? Yeah, so a five with the wing six. Fear plays a more prominent role in their lives. They're more anxious, cautious, and skeptical. Um, they're also actually more social and loyal. They live more in their minds. They'll question authority and status quo. They're more relational, and they're more aware of their own fears. Yeah. Stress and security. So in, in their book, I love Ian and Suzanne's book. I felt that one thing that was challenging after I read their book as my first one was thinking that there's one number that is bad for me and then one number that is good for me. Mm -hmm. For the five, security is eight yep. and, and stress is seven. And so as a five, you think, okay, always need to go towards the five um, that's that's my healthy version, and then stay away from the seven because that's the the stressed mm -hmm. unhealthy version. 
at least that was my interpretation from the book. I don't yeah, know how sure. other people read it, but that's how I understood it. And so for me, I would always av- avoid my stress number, uh, which was a two. Whenever I felt like helping people, I'd try to avoid it because I thought I was being in unhealthy territory. And then whenever I developed any type of one uh, characteristics, I thought, okay, that's good. Generally speaking, though, we will act like a certain number. Fives will act like an uh, seven when they're, when they're stressed. When, when they get stressed, they then take on the unhealthy habits of the seven, which is, you could say, the spontaneity, just caring about their own happiness and their own joy and doing really whatever they want that they think will kind of fill those holes in them, which, and which we all do. Whereas when a five is, is healthy, they then take on uh, the eight, the, the challenger. I like to call the eight the victorious warrior. And they then start thinking about, okay, how can I use all this knowledge that I've attained for, for justice and for, for goodness in the world, which eights are just prone to think about. And so they take control they, as the controller and use that and, 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 and go out into the world to, to, to do good. And so that's pretty much how it is. But my kind of add-on personally is that whenever we think about our, our two lines whether it be stress or security, they're both images of God. They're both faces of Jesus. And we have to look at both of them and go, how can I take on the healthy habits, the values, the virtues of both of these people? So how can fives be spontaneous and fun and lighthearted and also take control of everything and uh, move into action for, for justice and, and, and goodness? Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. Thank you for that. That that helps me a lot too because I, I kind of had that same outlook on the book whenever I came. I was like, okay, stay away from all of that yeah, and try to be more like this, which eights are the ones like I feel like I have the hardest time with personally. And then mm. sevens are the ones that I don't want to be. And so like, I don't know, sevens scare me <laughs> and eights, I, don't, I almost feel judged because I'm like, I have information, but they have information mm-hmm. too. And where they enjoy the back and forth, I don't. <laughs> and so, yeah, I get that completely. I, I really appreciate that. And then just uh, real quick before we get on to sixes, what are some things for a five to be able to remember to just help them fulfill those greatest commandments of loving God and loving others? I think like maybe the first thing, particularly for five, is to like recognize that like, you know, the old saying like love is a verb right? Like to love God and love others. There's, there's a, there's an action involved. There's it's, it's participatory with God, at least when it comes to people, but with God as well. And so I think fives have a habit of thinking like, it's all on me. Like I have Mm -hmm. to do everything and, and to just kind of back away and to, to, to avoid it. But I think to, to press in and to go, no, God is with you and God has, boundless energy. I think of, so think about the seven. I think sevens are generally, uh, uh, Richard Rohr in his book, The Enneagram will say, sevens are generally Pentecostals, or at least seven represents a Pentecostal 
uh, pers- the personality of the Pentecostal church. And Pentecostals are, are big on the spirit, right? Just keep asking for the spirit and just more spirit, more spirit. There can be an unhealthy draw from sevens or unhealthy move from sevens towards fives in this gluttony, um, this greed of the spirit and to not do anything with it. But I think with fives, to embrace that, that seven, to, to, to embrace when Jesus says, you know, father, the father is good and the father will, our father will give you more of the spirit if you ask, right? You know, the snake and the, the rock or whatever. He's not going to give you that. He's going to give you more if you want. And so to kind of pray into that and then to, to live that out, God has given me his spirit. Um, God is with me and, and I can go forward in, without so much fear. That's good. Mm. All right. Well, let's hop into six now. Thank you all for joining me um, in my private counseling session. I appreciate everyone participating in my betterment of my well-being. But now we can move on to something else. I'm done hoarding all the information I can on myself. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) let's move on to six, the loyalist. Uh, Elaine, you want to take away from what a healthy six is? So a healthy six, they have learned to trust their own experiences of life. They're aware that certainty and accurate predictability are not likely in most situations. They're more productive and logical. They're more loyal, honest, and reliable. And they're very clear-eyed judges of character. I think sixes are probably most of my closest friends. They're the people that are just always there uh, for you. They're, I think, also my mom and my grandmother who... My mother who raised me, you know, she was single mom. Um, my dad was around, but they divorced when I was about eight. But I lived with her and my grandmother would take care of me before school and after school. And they're just always there. Like we, they, we all live 10, 15 minutes away by car. Um, very generous people um, when it comes to those close to them. And they're always worrying about you. But we'll get it more into into that. Yep, for sure. An average six, they question almost everything. They struggle to get out of their own heads. They're overly, uh, overly focused on authority figures. Uh, they can be subservient or rebellious. The world is seen kind of more as like an unsafe place to them. They have a fight or flight reflex. And they're also very committed to whatever organization they are a part of, uh, even if they need to not be so committed to that order. Even if there's problems mm-hmm. within it, they're just overly committed to whatever they're in. You won't see them mm-hmm. getting up and leaving mm-hmm. uh, their church that's dysfunctional or rebelling mm-hmm. against mm-hmm. a dysfunctional government or anything like mm-hmm. that. And so an unhealthy six. Yeah, so unhealthy sexes find danger around every corner. Their anxiety almost borders paranoia, and they feel like the world is unfair. People aren't always who they claim to be, and they're kind of unable to even trust themselves. Sixes are interesting in that they, they're they this anti-authority, or they're, they're questioning, but at the same time, they're extremely loyal and maybe to the detriment of the organization at times as well. Um, we can think of uh, Winston Churchill. I, I was reading about it in another book. Winston Churchill was at one point the only person who distrusted Hitler. 
everyone in the UK was like, oh, he's fine. Like, he's a good dude. And he's like, no, like, like, oh, like there's this paranoia about sixes, this, this overwhelming fear. If Hitler was a fine dude, then that, then Churchill would have been crazy and that fear was, was not good. But because Hitler was who he was, then everyone finally realized, whoa, like Churchill was right. And, and then he became prime minister and he was a great prime minister because of all that fear that he had. But that can quickly go down to paranoia and, and uh, unrealistic fears for, for other people. But Yeah, and that's actually the deadly sin of the six is like, well, it's labeled as fear, but fear mm-hmm. is also kind of the ultimate like negative emotion of this whole triad. Uh, you yeah, know, the the mind triad, but they actually, at least um, in the road back to you, is labeled more as like anxiety or kind of like yeah. this imaginary fear, these what if these scenarios. And I can say, even for me, like I have leaned toward my six wing at times as well because mm-hmm. those anxieties and stuff are what actually drive me to like kind of hoard the information. And so yeah. to them, it's just this constant nagging the what if the scenarios keep playing over and over and over. And it's, uh, that's a, it's, I don't know, it's interesting to me. Cause. I would almost feel like sixes are more typically like doomsday preppers. I, they're just constantly hoarding resources and they're like, if the world ends, I will be okay. Like I, yeah. I have my whole garage full of, of canned beans and I'll make <laughs> it. <laughs> I love sixes. I really do. I When I read the number first, I was like, this is a crap number. Like, I'll be honest, this is the one that I was just like, like eights, I was like, they challenge me and I don't like that. Sevens, yeah. I was like, like my mom, I'm pretty certain was a seven. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no joke. My mom had to have been a seven. And right. uh, and I was like, I love my mom. Like she carried the conversation for the both of us. I could just let her do her thing. But like she was hyper extroverted and I'm like not. <laughs> like I'm a learned extrovert, but I am not that way. Mm-hmm. And so she would knew, like multiple times she would say like, Cody, are you actually like, in this conversation at all, I'm be like, well, I mean, you haven't given me a chance to say anything. I'm right here, but you're carrying it. But yeah. sixes, when I read the six, I feel like this is like a theme for people who mm. read it. Everyone has that number. They're just like, ew, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I, I read that about six. I'm like, these people are miserable. <laughs> like, why would you want to be this? I'm so, and they actually said, and I don't know if this is accurate or not, but the comment was made in the road back to you about how, a lot of Americans are sixes or a hmm. lot of the, I guess like our, I guess what Western lifestyle, we, we produce sixes, even though America yeah. is supposedly a three, we produce sixes. Yeah. And I mean, it makes sense. Media is constantly yeah. feeding us all kinds of fear, 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 because that's how people make money. You know, like yeah. money is made from fear because it, it, it reacts in people. And I was reading six. I was just like, man, these poor souls, like, bless their heart to give, like, a southern, like, slap right there. It's like, bless their heart. They're just terrible. <laughs> and then, like, as I got into it, I'm like, no, actually, without these people, we would not have any kind of common sense response to anything. Like, yeah. if it wasn't for sixes in my life, then I would probably be who knows where off and what deep in, you know what I mean? Like it, they're the ones that kind of bring us back and center us. And I just think that that's like their superpower is bringing people to a place of saying like, 
well, have you thought this through? Have you given right. your mind to this? Are you really, they're like the center of the mind where I'm the inside of the mind and we're going to get to sevens. They're like the extroverted side of the mind. They're like the ambiverted center. That's just like, mm-hmm. hey, like they're the gravity that holds the planets in place, I guess. Yes, so. yes. I, I like to call them the faithful alongsider because at their best, they're they're faithful and and they come along alongside you and then that's kind of the how they reflect who god is to us uh, with the america as the three because three six and nine share this this relationship there's this interesting thing that that takes place when we were ridden by all this or we're, we're we're surrounded by all this threeness when we may not be threes but there's this pressure of the three that society has been built upon and right now i'm reading this book called fantasy land uh he's not very kind or respectful towards christianity in the book but he makes a lot of good points about how that threeness of american and christian culture kind of together then leads into this this fear and more so in the 1800s there are so many conspiracy theories like in the west conspiracy theories are all over the place like i don't i don't know you know and we're always thinking somebody's out to get us and oh yeah it's it's a deep rabbit hole yeah don't go on don't go on youtube and start searching conspiracy theories you'll be gone for for weeks (laughs) yeah and I don't. I can. I can only speak English, right? But you know, I think this is a kind of a, a Western thing only. Like, I don't sure. think other countries are going, like they're you know they're out to get us and they're plotting this. Mm-hmm. And um, they even thought at one point, like the Freemasons, which I didn't learn, was just like this club that George Washington and all these other people hung out with. But somehow, people started thinking, oh no, like this is actually the secret group that's going to try and like put us in chains. Sure. And so there's that, that part of us for all uh, in, in the West, but let's talk about the positives. I think there's a lot of good with sixes questioning. We'll talk about the church questioning things. And is this really helpful? Or is this going to lead us to a wrong path? And so whenever I think about sixes, I always talk about Francis Chan and David Platt. Francis left his church uh, in in Simi Valley, and now just lives in the the poor area of San Francisco. But in David and and Francis have been working a lot together about discipleship. And one of the things I'll always remember in probably multiple videos that I've seen them in is this question of: Is the church actually being the church, and are they helping people follow Jesus? Because when we read scripture we see that there's actually a, a kind of a clear picture of what followers of Jesus look like. They give things up. And they're wondering, most of the people in our church do not look like that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. have we done people a disservice? That's good. And they wouldn't use the word trick, but yeah. have we accidentally misguided people into thinking that they're Christians, mm-hmm. that they're following Jesus, that they're saved? when they're not oh that's and the threes which are our leaders our our mega church pastors would be like whoa whoa, whoa, whoa." like don't like don't ask those questions right like god is working people are raising their hands like altar calls like people are coming up right Mm -hmm. um 
and and the six would just be like oh like i'm not so sure about this yeah. like yeah, that's good like and 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 that and so there's that good fear like that mm-hmm. healthy fear of are we are we really doing what we're we're supposed to be doing and so i love sixes because of that that's good you just said something that I have a question. Once we finish up sevens, I want to revisit before we close everything out. Sure, yeah. And so I'm I'm excited about that one, just about church in general. So oh, uh, I love talking about church. <laughs> <laughs> that may be a whole other episode oh, yeah. in and of itself, right? Yeah. There, Another but, series, yeah. Yeah, yes. but we'll get into that. But let's try to get through these real quick because I can go down so many different trails. So I'm gonna I'm gonna That's stay focused. That's the rabbit hole. That, yeah, that, that right. exactly. <laughs> so six with a five wing. They're more introverted, intellectual, cautious, self-controlled, and apt to seek security through in, uh, allegiance to an authority figure. Um, they can often be misread as kind of aloof or distant, but they're actually just kind of protecting their their own privacy. They have mm. a greater need for alone time, and they can also kind of give way to a bit more of an unproductive thinking. And then six, seven wing, mm-hmm. Elaine? So with the seven wing, they're more entertaining, animated, adventuresome. They're willing to take risks. They're more extroverted and willing to sacrifice for their loved ones. Yep. And so now talking about stress, they go to a negative side of a three. Ryan, what's your mm. thoughts on that? I think with with sixes, like you take on that fear, that anxiety, and they go down that rabbit hole. They eventually get to a three, the achiever, and start really acting on their fears. So like that preparation, like I got to do everything I can to like make sure that I'm secure and that I'm safe. And and so with the three of of deceit, they start kind of just telling themselves, they already tell themselves like different stories, but then they start lying to themselves as well about what's going on. Um, and I think it's like those conspiracy theories that we can can look to. Um, threes being people who, you know, in their best, they're ambitious, they're, uh, they're going towards things, but at their worst, they walk over people, they're deceitful, they lie to themselves ends justify the means and so sixes might take that and in their fear go okay like whatever i can do as long as i'm safe that's that's what's most important yeah and then of course in a security uh they go to the positive side of a nine really like the nine the peacemaker go you know just the sixes will abide in jesus like they go okay like actually God is with me. That's good. Um, in 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 Ian in Suzanne's book, right? They'll say that the seven deadly sins took out fear, or fear wasn't in the the Roman Catholics' uh, seven deadly sins for whatever reason. I don't know, but you know, for those who grew up in church or have been in church for a little while, we know that do not fear is the the number one command mm-hmm. throughout throughout Scripture. And so there's this constant like, don't fear, like I'm with you, and. I think there's the the Joshua be courageous, which sixes will need to kind of embrace healthily as a three and go, okay, be courageous and go for things. Mm-hmm. But then there's the also just be at peace. Don't worry because I'm here with you. And whatever happens, it's actually not as big of a deal as you think it is. Like yeah. you're not, you're not going to die. And so I think 
yeah, sixes can healthily move into when things are great. Sixes go, you know what? Life is good. It's all good. Mm-hmm. I don't need to worry about this. God is, God's got this. And I think that kind of even attests to my next question, but I'll just go ahead and open the floor up for that as well. How can sixes better love their neighbor, love God? How can they know that God loves them and how can they better love themselves? For, for sixes, in that loving God is to, to trust God. Mm. And so with sixes, it's, it's hard to, to pinpoint one specific thing because it can be a fear of lots of things, mm-hmm. but maybe like really practically like tithing can, can be a real challenge for sixes, right? Because there's this, this fear of like, what would happen if, if this is the case, right? And David Platt in, in his story about his church having this like rainy day fund and the, the church is like, well, like what happens if, you know, this thing happens and the roof gets destroyed, then we have that money to replace it. And David Platt says, but it's a rainy day for somebody else in the world. And so he just takes the money and says, no, we're going to spend it on like church roofs for a bunch of other churches in the world. And I think that's how sixes can really embrace like that loving God of letting go of those fears and going and, and not saying that they'll never happen, but if they happen, God will provide in, in like a healthy, you know, wise way. And then to say what I do have, maybe I'm holding on to too much and maybe I can let, give it up for others. Mm-hmm. That's good. All right. So we're moving on to sevens. And I think it's funny we saved this number for last because I feel like in my head, they're the ones where if their number would have been first, they would have hopped off this thing like a long time ago. <laughs> so if like you're a seven, we're making you wait to the very end because yeah. otherwise you would have like uh, pieced out yeah. way back in the first episode. Okay, so healthy sevens, they are aware of the energy that they have manufacturing happiness. Joy is a gift. They embrace full range of human emotion They accept life as it is rather than as they want it to be. They're fun, adventurous, and spiritually grounded. Yes. Mm. I had a kid in my youth group when I was a youth pastor who was the epitome of a seven. And you already know who I'm thinking Mm -hmm. of. And I wanted to get on to him so many times because he could derail the conversation like that. Yeah. But he was just too fun to make. Like, I couldn't be mad at him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he could just, he would randomly meow in the middle of my sermon. Just start meowing. And I'm like, what are you doing? But I couldn't get on to him. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, They're just fun people. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. What do you got to say about seven? Oh, they're the best. I mean, at our, at our church retreat, we were, uh, some group was by the fire and they were playing Ticket to Ride. And uh, I'm hanging out just a few me- few you know feet away maybe 10 feet away with my with my friend who's a seven and we're just talking about working out and he he hasn't worked out in a long time and and so he for whatever reason decides to just take off his shirt and start (laughs) flexing and he's you know he's five you know he's five four five five He's, he's a short guy he's not like extremely overweight but you know he hasn't gone to the gym in a long time and another guy who was there was just saying, man, that guy just cracks me up. Like, I could not believe he mm-hmm. just took off his shirt and started flexing for us. 
And when it comes to sevens, sevens are the entertainer. They just are always on and they're ready to, to make a show. My friend, uh, um, he also will break out into karaoke. We're waiting to, he's the worship leader. We're waiting for the pastor to, to get prepared or the PowerPoint. And so he'll just start singing Bruno Mars and everyone will, will sing along. And, and sevens just want everyone, including themselves particularly, to have a good time. Yeah, for sure. I had another kid in my uh, youth group, different. I, I, he and I are still actually really close because we're not that far off in age. I was 19 teaching a bunch of like 15-year-olds. So I was like, I'm right here with you guys. I don't know what I'm doing. But, uh, and so he's like 20, 21 now. But um, he, it was hilarious. He would uh, do anything for the group, you know, anything to keep the group going. And so we actually yeah. had him, I don't know if you remember this video or if you ever saw this video, but there was a video going around of the guy who was dressed in like exuberant clothing playing George Michael's song, um, Careless Whisper, all over the place. He like run into the mall playing it. And his, okay. his, his YouTube handle was Sexy Saxman. And so <laughs> this kid for me would like, throw on he literally for service i was like we have a special guest and he put on purple jaguar pattern pants and yeah. a gold sequin shirt and brought his saxophone and busted up in service uh -huh. in front of like the entire youth group as we played careless whisper in the background and like that is just his personal he just wants people yeah. to have a good time yeah. And it's just the funniest stuff ever. You can't be mad at them. And that's what makes no. me mad. It makes me <laughs> mad. I go home and I'm like, why couldn't I just control? No, there's no controlling yeah. the situation yeah. with them. Uh, yeah. Oh, so an average seven, um, they refrain from almost anything that is sad, limiting, or perceived as failure and turn it into mm. something successful and happy. They just create like a euphoric mindset most of their happiness is found in the anticipation of something um, instead of enjoying the moment they're anticipating the next big thing. They have, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, whereas fours, I, like we kind of think about the past, that melancholic, like, oh, we, we just think of like better times or I miss this. And then sevens are like, yeah, that's cool and all, but this is going to happen. Like, I'm excited yes. for this. Like, the future oh, yeah. is bright. Like, I I'm ready for it. Yep. They have a need to entertain to feel safe and uh, to claim their place in a group. And then uh, they find commitment to be a challenge and have great trouble finishing projects. Mm -hmm. And they kind of often um, project hop or scenario hop from one thing to the next. And then an unhealthy 70 lane. Um, they often feel themselves and their surroundings as inadequate. They often feel sorry for themselves. They feel like life is unfair. They avoid pain at any cost. And they often are reckless and actually more prone to addiction. A couple stories, you know, when we did this, before I did the book in my in my small group, one of the girls just would frustrate me so much. Like as a leader, I'm trying to create community. We got new people coming in, people that don't know Jesus are in our group. And I'm like, okay, like classic churching, right? Potluck, let's have a potluck. And just like hang out and get to know each other. And this girl would always be the one who brings like the lame salad or the cheap pizza. And I'm like, ah, like, why do you got to do that? 
And then she'd be always be the one that would leave early and wouldn't clean up, clean up. Like we're at someone's house, everyone's putting the bottles and the food in the garbage bag. And she's like, okay, I'm done. Like, see you later. And I just thought she was the worst Christian ever. Right. But then I read the book and I got, oh, okay. And, and she's grown a lot and she's changed a lot because I, I think you should stay and clean up. But that aside, <laughs> recognizing that sevens are naturally wired to just think, oh, if it's not fun anymore, I just go. Like, why, why do this? And they have this fear of missing out and they don't like boredom or sadness. And that's kind of part of our culture in general, right? I don't know what's for like for, for you, but I think you know, in where I am, people are always complaining about no one ever committing to plans because they just always want to do the fun thing that comes up. The two of us have that conversation all the time. So I relate. Okay. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 everywhere, right? There's a seven kind of unhealthy seven culture characteristics in all of us where we're where we just will not commit to something in case something better comes up or we'll commit to something and something better comes up and we'll just break our commitment because of it. And so I think that's an unhealthy place. And I'm doing some uh, premarital uh, coaching right now with uh, two friends of mine and one friend's a seven and he's just reading his report and he's like, Oh my gosh, like, yeah, that's me. Like I can't stay focused. I do this project. I do this project. I do this project. He's, he's a business guy. And so he has all these different business projects together. And, but they, some are successful, but generally speaking, it hasn't been the best because he keeps going from one thing to another and, and can't really stay focused. Yeah. And, uh, and that's actually going into the deadly sin of a seven is gluttony. And we're not talking like food, of course. It's it's experience. It's things. It's yeah. uh, different times and events in life. And they just, they take it in. They devour positive experiences, crave stimulation. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're just constantly wanting new, wanting more to, uh, to, honestly, I mean, it's a lot of times the coping mechanism going back to the fear triad. It's how they deal with these negative emotions instead of, Instead of facing them, it's easier to push them out and to forget them. Yeah. Yeah. So, Elaine, seven wing six. So, sevens that have six wings, they're actually more settled than others. Sevens, they're conscientious. They give both projects and more time before they start moving on, as we previously talked about. They're more sensitive and more anxious, and they kind of use their charm to disarm. And then seven wing eights, they're competitive, bold, they can be more aggressive, they can be more assertive, and even a little more playful. Um, these are like the seven sevens, like when you think of like the epitome of like a seven, they're probably seven wing eight. Uh, they they have a good time, um, they can get easily bored, they're very playful, they love being in relationships as long as they're able to contribute to the happiness of their partner Otherwise, they get bored with it. They often start things and don't finish things. And I know I start things and don't finish things. So I feel really bad for them in that because that can get on my nerves, I know. So I'm, I feel really uh, really sorry for the seven wing eights on that. 
And so just talking about stress and security and stress, they kind of go to the perfectionist behaviors of a one. When a seven goes, gets unhealthy in their, in their gluttony, always wanting more experience, there's almost this desire to control everything. And so ones I wouldn't say are the controlling type, but there's this, this, this black and white, there's this order to them. So yeah, with the seven, like going to like the stress of the one, I think there's this, this desire to control everything in their environment in order to, to keep attaining those experiences. And then this like strange, and I don't know exactly how it would look like, but this, 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 this judgmentalism that, that, that comes out this anger. Yeah. And I think that honestly, what you're, it's like, they can get kind of, um, even a bit envious of other people's experiences in that too. They they kind of they want to control that environment so much that to see anything happening outside of that environment, it can kind of almost feel like a threat. And then of course, going to security, they go to a healthy five. What does that look like? I think with the seven five, they they don't just do everything, right? The, every mm -hmm. shiny thing yeah. doesn't need to be looked at and to be chased, and so they really take on the the best qualities of the five and go okay like how can i sit back and let me just observe what's going on what would be the best thing to to take on and to to complete and finish and what are the things that i can let go of whereas maybe just a, a typical average seven would try to do them all like a really good healthy redeemed seven would go no like this this is the one i'm gonna forgo the other ones and focus on this one and to also just integrate thinking not to say that sevens don't think but fives as these as these thinkers as 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 the investigator the sevens would do what would in their security would would pause and to think about the the facts mm -hmm. rather than just going off of probably feelings and and what excites them of course just to wrap up sevens how can they better love their neighbor love god love themselves and understand that god loves them with the stress and the security lines i call them stretch and release sorry i use different terminology now but with those lines and trying to become the best version of both of those. I think sevens, what they can do is really grow towards the healthy version of the one. That's the one that I would probably push towards more rather and, and the five, but the one in their strong desire for holiness hmm. and, and right order. I think sevens can learn a lot from ones by, by embracing that mm -hmm. and, and, um, and loving God through their, through the sacrifice of, of their life and we find in Romans and, you know, giving our bodies as a holy sacrifice to God. So I think there's that in terms of like loving God. Sevens, if they're thinking that God just is very upset with how they are always spontaneous and never serious, I think they can just love God by being themselves and going, no, like being spontaneous and fun is a great thing. Um, I call the seven the generous host. You know, Jesus turned water into wine. You know, we we need those people to to feed and to 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 bless. Uh, sevens generally are very generous, in my opinion, with their words. They're very affirming, with just 
who people are and they love to give compliments. So I think that's how they love people. And then lastly, uh, a story I was, I'm reading or I read Carl Lentz's book of Hillsong, New York for my kind of biography of the seven. And for him, you know, his book is called Own the Moment. And so I think as a, you know, Hillsong Pentecostal, Carl Lentz, to, to go, hey, we need to be present in the moment and not always be thinking about stuff in the future. He tells a story of a friend of his who they suspected relapsed into drugs and was had disappeared for three days. And so Carl Lentz and a couple other friends somehow break into the, get into the building. They manage to get to the floor and the unit just above the person's uh, unit. And they somehow swing from the top floor, the floor above, the unit above, to the patio underneath and break into the guy's place and wrestle him into submission and get him into rehab. And so I think, I think sevens can, can love God and love others in, and thinking about experiences, not just in like, like my experience, but even thinking about, okay, the experiences of others and how can like giving and blessing and yeah, helping people be an experience that I enjoy and go, wow, I'm excited about this experience to like bless someone uh, rather than I'm excited about this experience just, just for myself. That's yeah. good. Something you just said that I just want to highlight. You said stretch and release, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. As in like one is like, it draws on you. It's, it feels like tension and one feels yeah. like letting go, but you can learn from both. Yes. So that's, that's how good. I've been taught is that um, one one will, will stretch us. Um, so with the seven, their release is the five and their stretch is the one. So a seven can, will, will have less stress in life or when they're really stressed, uh, they can get less stress or release it by taking on the characteristics of the five. Thinking, trying to be objective, stepping back, that's just going to help them live life. And m I think most people, generally speaking, will take on more qualities just as they learn, there are exceptions, but they generally learn tapping into the five is a good idea. The one, though, is, is actually what takes work. You can probably live life as a seven without taking on the healthy characteristics of a one. And all the types can probably get away with, in life without taking on their what we call their stretch line. Or in Ian and, and Suzanne's book, their... I think they're stress line. Yeah, it's it's a little comp mixed up. But for the one, sevens probably don't ever need to think about doing the right thing or growing in holiness. It won't affect them that much because they're just not thinking about those things. But why I love the Enneagram? Because it says that's actually something sevens need to focus on. And so whenever I meet a seven and they're like, no, this is wrong. Like I'm standing up for this. I go, wow, this is this is a healthy seven that they're really pushing into the the oneness um, of God and going, okay, I'm all about experience and happiness, but I'm also about truth 
and, and holiness. Mm-hmm. That's really good. The reason why I really like the stretch and release point is because earlier you had um, said the like none of the numbers are bad. Like right. we, they all have good qualities. And whenever you said you kind of have like with, with the stress and security specifically, like that ber- verbiage of how it almost makes you think of like um, the twos or threes or whatever number, the, the bad versions of those, I don't want to be that. Right. But then whenever you change it to the stretch and release, you're like, oh, I can learn from that. That challenges me. That's good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. We know what's bad about ourselves. We don't need to hear more of it. Like, yeah. How can we see the beauty and the positive aspects of each person and then go, okay, how can I stretch myself to be like that person mm-hmm. or release myself to and embrace their qualities? Yeah, I love that. That's why you are our go-to on this yes. now because <laughs> I love the way you sum up people. I think it's just, it's powerful. Even just reading your free resource from your website. I was reading something just like, oh my gosh, this is, this is on it, man. Like mm-hmm. you, you, you've tapped into something there. So props yeah, for that. You. Thank you. Thank you. Um, last question. This is a much longer episode than we normally do. That's cool because it's needs <laughs> needed and it's summing this up. The interview is just so big. It's hard to fit things into 45 minute oh. containers. Yeah. So last question for you. This is something that I have been thinking about and I just want to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah. The church should be all the different numbers together. Yes. But in the current state of our Western church, what would you say is its number and how it can uh, can grow? Oh, I I mean, I think there it's hard to to say it's one. I think we general evangelicalism is definitely guided by the three that we got to keep building the church and bigger is better. Bigger mm. budgets, bigger buildings, not bigger butts, but more butts <laughs> yes. in yes. the seat. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I, I agree. I and, agree with that. And I think there's some like real like benefit to that, you know. And um, a lot of people, my I myself, like came back to faith through through the the, the mega church, and um, you know, despite all that's happened, I think you know Willow Creek and 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 Bill Hybels did a lot of of good at some good influence in, in, in our world. Uh, Billy Graham did a lot yet at the same time uh, in, in, in a private, not a private conversation in a conference that I was at, you know, other people were going, ah, you know, Billy Graham was great, but then all these people came to faith and then they didn't know like what to do. And they just all went to these churches and they couldn't keep up with them. So I think we have, Three is the the evangelical church, but seven's more of that Pentecostalism. Uh, one is our our reformers, the neo reformed um, gospel coalition. Uh, fours are we're we're really heretics, so we got kicked out of <laughs> of kind yep. of mainstream <laughs> Christianity. Yeah. Um, so there's not really, I don't really know what church would be represented by, by fours, but then you have, I think, um, then the other numbers more kind of fit into supporting that, like twos support. I think you can have a two church in that, uh, my, my, my friend, um, he's a, he's a pastor of a very small church. I don't know what denomination they're at, but they don't, uh, they have the pastor preaches twice and then lay people preach 
uh, all the other times. And they're just all about affirming each other's gifts and, and helping each other. And so I think there can be expressions of each type, but over the generally speaking in America, I think we got threes for the most part, ones, sevens. I think maybe eights are the, the like liberal church in focusing a lot more on uh, social justice and, and p- politics. Um, and then Richard Rohr will say the nine. I'm not quite sure yet, but the nine is more of the mainline churches in that nines don't want to kind of have conflict. So they kind of loosen their theological convictions mm-hmm. so that there can be more, quote, unity among the people. And then I think he says sixes more represent the Catholic Church. So those those are my yeah those are my thoughts. That's mm-hmm. awesome. That's very broad. Mm-hmm. So I, I appreciate that because it's that opens up so many different roads of investigation for me. So I love it. Uh, yeah. And so of course the last thing that we like to do here, Ryan, what is a question you would like to present to those listening right now, just to get them thinking deeper, just to kind of unlock this a little bit more. The main question, at least starting with the Enneagram, is always what has been your motivation in life? Like what is that that passion or that sin that has been guiding you? And how is God calling you to uh, redeem that? Mm-hmm. But also how is God calling you to embrace it? Mm-hmm. Because like I said, these, quote, passions can be good things. The anger of the one led Martin Luther to to come up with justification by faith. It's that like we don't have to to work to 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 earn God's love. Yeah. But that anger can quickly, you know, snowball into Phariseeism and judgmentalism. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to recognize that there is goodness in in that anger to go um in the anger in the, that he was angry at himself for not being good enough. Um, and so that can lead to, to, to discovering more of God and experiencing more of God. So what is your passion? That, that'd be how I, I'd end it. That's yeah. good. That's good. All right. So someone's on the other end. They're like, man, this guy's got it going on. I want that free resource. I want to look at coaching. I want to read his book. I just want to know where to find him. Where do they go? Uh, Ryan Louie, R-Y-A-N-L-U-I dot com. Uh, so, yeah, I have a free ebook. It's like 50, 60 pages on the Enneagram. And I'm doing some other thing, building some other resources, which I'll send uh, to my email audience later on. Um, I'm working on a Bible study right now for, for each type and focusing mm-hmm. on a particular passage. Um and then trying to just think about how Jesus is each of these types, biblically and scripturally, um, to just generate discussion. And so, if you uh, download my ebook, subscribe to my email list, I'll send all of that uh, once I'm done. I'm not sure exactly when I'll be done, but uh, hopefully in the next couple of months. And I can say this: if you enjoy Enneagram, if you want to understand how the Enneagram relates to your faith and to God and all this. If you've enjoyed this series or you think we did a really terrible job and you want someone who's good at it, 
go and download this ebook. Yes. It is amazing, and I cannot recommend it enough mm-hmm. to you. Ryan, thank you for you're me. awesome. Yes. Thank Links. you so much for being on the show and just sharing all of your wonderful insights. Yes, and links to all yes. of Ryan's stuff are in the show notes below. Ryan, any closing thoughts? You two are awesome. I We just got to know each other. And, uh, you know, honestly, let's have a private conversation after this. Let's just, like, keep talking just as yeah. friends. Yeah, let's Bless do it. Bless you. Yeah. Ryan, you're awesome. Y'all will be hearing more from Ryan. I can pretty much guarantee you yes. on that one. So, <laughs> all right, Ryan, thanks. Have a good day. Ryan, my man, thank you so much for taking so much time out of your day to just have this conversation. We know so many more good conversations are coming as well. And I know you guys on that end didn't get to hear this part, but Ryan actually had to pause the conversation due to a fire uh, alarm in his uh, his apartment. And so he had to split for like 10 minutes and get that all taken. Luckily, it was just a false alarm. There was no actual fire. Ryan is safe, and we're thankful for that. But he was uh, powered right on through it, came back, got right back into the zone, and was able to just keep sharing information. Ryan, you are awesome. Everyone, I cannot urge you enough. Go and download his free, absolutely free resource. Uh, I've done it. I've been reading through it. It's amazing. And it just helps you dive into each one of those numbers, just little nuggets of truth and how it helps us be better Christians. Ryan, you're awesome. Everyone go find him. Go support him. Go hire him. Go check him out. And just lift up Ryan because he is an awesome guy and we want to support him the best we can here at The Reckless Pursuit. Everyone, if you enjoy this show, share it on with a friend. That's the best way to keep the conversation going. And of course, if you want to have your voice in the mix, we want to hear you. Go down and click the link for the Reckless Community. Ask to be a part and we will be sure to add you. And as always, be brave, be bold, and be reckless. We'll We'll talk talk soon. soon.